brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Good afternoon. You're listening to Gambling with an Edge. Now here are your hosts, Bob Dancer and Richard Munchkin. Good afternoon. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. I'm Bob Dancer. And I'm Richard Munchkin. Today, our guests are Colin Jones and David Drury, talking about the brand new book of Blackjack stories called Tales from the Felt. Colin and David, welcome to Gambling with an Edge. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Before we talk to Colin and David, uh, Richard has a, an email that he'd like to share with you. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, well, first of all, before I say that, this uh, show is dropping on Thanksgiving. So I just want to uh, say a happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. Um, but a couple of uh, weeks ago, Jimmy Jazz was on the show. And I got the following email. He said, I remember one of Jimmy's first appearances on Gambling with an Edge. I was spending on a debit card like a sucker. In recent years, I've averaged 13% plus on every dollar spent. And my girlfriend and I had earned several million miles without manufactured spending, just optimization. I've turned countless friends onto the points game and get many happy texts every month from lounges and beaches. Thanks again to Gambling with an Edge. So I just uh, wanted to say that we love hearing stories like that. Um, you know, if we can turn people into uh, or find ways of making money for people, that is the sort of best thing that this show can do. And so I just wanted to share that uh, email with everybody and uh, maybe it'll give you some ideas about ways that uh, you can go out and get an edge. Yeah, extra money from uh, credit cards spends the same as extra money from uh, playing a game a little bit better. So it's all well, basically actually, the I, same thing. Yeah, I happen to know that this particular person also went on to make 
a lot of money um, in sports and other things um, from listening to the show. So, uh, yeah, it can happen. All right. Colin and David, tell us how this book came about and what were the respective roles of the two of you in creating the book? Yeah, this was an idea that was kind of bouncing around in my head for a, a few years. I think it started with I, I was trying to think of something cool to create for people that had been members for several years at Blackjack Apprenticeship. I, I, I don't know. I just thought like, oh, that would be cool, you know, when someone reaches the five-year mark or something, if they got a cool thing in the mail. And and then it turned into, oh, it could be a collection of short stories. And then it turned into it could have illustrations. And, and I shared the idea with David, who is a short story, very talented short story writer and him and me and a couple other guys, Joe 748, who's been on, on your guys' show, SD one, who's been on your show. They were like, Colin, let's, you know, make it happen. And, uh, that was where it started. And maybe David, you could, you could share the roles. Ah, yes. Well, uh, we were a, a little three person machine, uh, Colin sort of doing the, the grunt work uh, of publisher who's scotch taping everything together uh myself as editor and joe uh sort of oversaw the layout and illustration portion of it so um yeah we were sort of off and running i think at the start we knew a few people we wanted to have in the book Um, we knew we each could have a story to contribute if need be uh, and so we started reaching out to people we knew who had great stories to tell. How did you select true stories as opposed to fictional stories? Well, when I had this idea, you know, I think one of the things is I've got all these friends that are uh, professional gamblers and, and they all have these stories that I'll hear hear them tell. And it's like, this is so good. Other people need to hear this. But then they don't want to write a book. Um, and maybe they don't have enough stories for an entire, you know, memoir, a 300 page memoir, but they've got a great story. They might have five great stories. And so that was where the idea was like, well, share, share one of your favorite stories with us. And, uh, you know, and then we'll put this collection together. I don't know many of my AP friends that, uh, have a lot of great fiction stories other than maybe David. Yeah, I, I have to. Say, I've often said that we're only in this for the stories, and uh, because and I so I loved the idea immediately. And a part of why I love gambling with an edge is hearing the stories people have. And for me, to me, the the true stories are more interesting and compelling than fiction a lot of the time. It's true, can especially, I, can I ask- especially in the in the realm of. Uh, people confronting the casino, all kinds of things can happen, you know? Can I ask uh, if either of you guys, Bob or Richard had a favorite story? Yeah. Are you talking about a favorite story? Favorite in story? This book? Oh, in, in the book when you read it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I liked all of, well, I liked the, I liked the collection. I had heard Richard's story in a couple different formats before, but We've been uh, podcast partners for years and in the same storytelling groups and uh, where we we worked on his story where so he would tell it stand up style in competitions. So Rich's story I'd heard, but all the other ones were new to me. And um, 
And so I enjoyed it. So some of them authors were pretty famous, like Tommy Highlands is, is about as famous as you can get in in, uh, in blackjack. And uh, some names I didn't know at all. Most of the uh, authors have been on Gambling with an Edge. Uh, thank you very much. But uh, but some I had not heard of, and uh, and there's a huge variety there of uh, different parts of the blackjack AP game, from uh, people putting you down to dealing with security to uh, almost getting busted to uh, a variety of things. Uh, there's a lot to the blackjack experience and the gambling experience other than just um, plus one and minus one. <laughs> yeah, but to your to your question, um, I think uh, my favorite was actually your wife, Grace, um, uh, her story. Um, because it, it's her, her story is about uh, dealing with other people in social situations when they are not in the in the professional gambling world and the things that can happen when you're interacting with people and you decide what you decide to tell people and what you decide not to and the repercussions of that and it was so her story i related to so much and uh and and her the feelings uh that she had about it uh, so yeah i i would say that was my favorite. Um, you know, as Bob mentioned, I'm really more of an oral storyteller. And I I was not happy with, after reading my story now in the finished product, I was not as happy just because I thought when you tell a story orally, it's different. And I kind of just put down the story the way I would have told it if I was telling it to somebody over dinner. And uh, and then reading it, to me, it... it um, but anyway, uh, enough about me. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, I thought I, I thought. Go ahead. I was gonna. I, I thought yours was a great uh, origin story, you know, to start the book off with, you know, because we we wanted to have, even though it's this diverse collection of stories, some little bit of a meta narrative, you know, uh, a overarching, and and to start off with, you know, someone that everybody knows that everybody knows has done this for uh, a successful career. Like, how did how did it all start? So uh, I thought I thought it was a great fit. And I'm, I'm yeah, glad you mentioned. Yeah, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. I, I was gonna say, I'm glad you mentioned Grace's story, because I know towards the end when we were making final decisions, she she was saying, oh, you can cut mine. You can cut mine. Mine's not as good. I'm not as much of a, you know, AP as the other people. But hers was essential to really sort of give a wide perspective of this career. So it's just stepping a little bit outside of you know all of us who know each other and know what we do and getting some some fresh fresh perspective uh, on what it looks like from just one half step outside the ring there yeah and and not in the casino it, you know the right. the yeah this whole other arena so I, also there's... i just wanted to say about my story uh you know i didn't know what the other stories were going to be but uh I thought it was important to have a story where <laughs> to let people know that you don't just learn how to count cards and go out and win money. 
you know, how, yeah. how difficult that journey can be. So. Mm, absolutely. Now there ended up being 21 stories exactly, which, uh, probably not a surprise. It's probably the, uh, <laughs> the optimal number for a book about the game of 21, but was it more of a problem getting up to 21 stories or figuring out which 21 out of some larger number to include? Yeah. Um, I think we had about 25 stories submitted, but it was, it was a winding path. Um, there, it, it was a challenge to get people to hit the deadline. Um, we kind of had a self-imposed deadline because we thought once this has been an idea for at least three years, I've had this idea, but once it was like, you know what, let's actually do it. It was, I want to say April. So not that long ago. And, and it was like, well, if we're going to do it, let's get it done for Christmas. And so we gave people a deadline. I want to say it was mid June, something like that. And, and, um, it was hard to get 21 people to hit that deadline, but, um, there were a few, you know, the, like S Stephen Bridges, who has the, the popular, uh, vlog about his, uh, card game journeys. He had a great story, but it was like one too many encounters with surveillance or, you know, other people, it was just, they got it to us too late. Or it was like, well, does this, it, you know, what are the 21 best? And that was more David had had a lot of say as what, what were you editor in chief? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a little like managing a baseball team when you're putting an anthology together, everyone has a different personality and you kind of have to work with them in a different way. So some people really respond well to deadlines. Yes, I will get it in. Other people just, just uh, don't <laughs> respect the deadline, but you, you just have to work with each individual person the way, and you know, and some people respond well to edits and some people don't respond well to edits. So you just kind of manage the team as, as best you can. And the, I liked that the story sort of shaped up to give a sense of a career trajectory from beginning to end, uh, encounters with police, uh, dealing with, you know, spouses, dealing with all kinds of different situations. So we were really lucky to get this range of stories. Honestly, I was hoping for, you know, like 50 stories to then shape uh, the collection, but we were lucky that each one of the stories were really good of those 25 and it was hard to make final cuts. There, yeah, it was. there had to be, I mean, James Grossgene, if he could have gotten a story in, I'm sure that would have been great as far as you were concerned. So apparently it didn't fit his schedule or some such, but, um, were there others that you really, really wanted and they just couldn't happen? Yeah, I, there, you know, there were some that I really, really wanted and it did happen and it was, uh, exhilarating, you know, a couple examples are, um, Josh Axelrad. I like, he's brilliant. He's, he's got, I'll, I'll hang out with him and he'll tell me these stories that he hasn't told anywhere that are like, so, so good. And, uh, and I thought his book was excellent and I thought, well, that would be awesome if, if he did. And he did, he, he hit the deadline like on the day. Um, also RX Gamble, I, I enjoy her blog a ton and I think she has a really unique voice. Um, and I, and you know, I'm proud of the fact we have four female APs in the book, um, and all their stories are, are great. But so there were some people that really wanted it and we got it. Um, 
And then there were other people that I asked and was hoping, but um, they they just said they couldn't. Like like Gross Gene, I, I reached out to him and uh, he said, yeah, it's not not likely with my schedule. Um, I mean, I asked Anthony Curtis and and he said, you know, he actually told me at the Blackjack Ball, he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I couldn't do that. You know, um, if it happens again, let me know. It was just bad timing for him. And then other people that I felt really bad saying no, but they got it to us when we already had illustration. And, you know, we're paying out of pocket for these illustrations. Um, it, it was just too late to to change course. Um, so yeah, there were some tough ones we didn't receive and some tough no's and then some that were like, I couldn't believe they actually got us a story on time. Did you now, ask Ed Thorpe? No, I, I didn't ask Ed Thorpe. I just assumed that he wouldn't be interested, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that if, if this did ever happen again, which I have no idea, um, there's going to have to be a lot of books sold to, to, you know, cover the expenses to make any money for, for charity. Uh, but if it does well enough that we do this again, I think people might have an idea of what we're asking for. It might be a little easier to say, Oh, okay, I, I get it. Um, and then yeah. maybe we could ask, ask some more people. Yeah. If you do a volume two, um, ask me, I, uh, <laughs> I was an AP blackjack player for, I don't know, almost a year and a half uh, before um, I ran off to video poker. And I, I, my story would deal with um, coupon hustling with our play four hours and get $80 worth of these non-negotiable chips and at a lot of different casinos and that was the way I was making it in the blackjack world. And, uh, so Actually, you had no he has, story. He has, he's told a story on the air about, um, you know, gaming, wanting to bust a, a cheating dealer and him, you know, being in the, not being on the table and they kept waiting for him to leave and he wouldn't leave. So, um, but anyway, that's yeah, enough yeah, about that, that... Bob. <laughs> Oh, I, I thought I was just getting warmed up on that subject. But anyway, if you're going to do it again, uh, call me. And I, we do have a couple of uh, stories. Um, well, help us help us sell 2,000 copies, and then and then we'll uh, we'll be in the black enough that that uh, maybe we'll do a volume two in a couple of years. Well, good. Um, then sounds like that's what we're trying to do right now. Now, <laughs> is the book physically available now? Yeah, and, and uh, thank you guys for forcing forcing me to get it uh, available for pre-sale. You guys wanted to record this today, and so we spent yesterday getting it uh, up, and we we opened up pre-sales yesterday, um, yesterday afternoon. So right now, it's only a hardcover. Um, part of this idea was that it was going to be a physical product and something that you would want to look at, some you know, really like a like a coffee table book. Um, there's a lot of great blackjack books, um, but something that, that would be, you know, enjoyable to hold and to thumb through and your family, your friends, you know, you could show it to people, they could read a story or just enjoy the pictures. And so it's only available as a hardcover right now, maybe down the road, um, you know, we'll make it available in other formats, but, uh, we got a lot of hardcovers to, to sell first. And make a great Christmas gift. Uh, and I have to say, by the way, I really like the illustrations. I, I didn't know oh, what cool. to expect. Um, 
when you said it was going to be illustrated. Um, but yeah, I thought it turned out really good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And we could thank Joe 748 for that. I asked him early on if he'd be kind of our uh, art director because I'm not uh, visually talented in any anyways. And uh, I didn't know what to expect either, but but I think I think it turned out really fun. We didn't just want 21 pictures of people sitting at blackjack tables. Like that's going to get dull really fast. So, so they got more abstract with it and hopefully people enjoy that. And we said it's for charity, but did we say what charity it's for? Yeah, it's for the blackjack hall of fame 501c3. Um, so you know, like I said, initially this was something like, oh, it'd be cool to have something for, for our most, you know, uh, longstanding members. And then it was like, well, you know, can't spend, spend, uh, five figures producing something to give away to a, a small handful of people. So then it was like, well, this has to pay for itself. And then it, but then I was really struggling with how do I ask blackjack hall of famers or blackjack authors or, or even my friends that are worth, you know, hundreds of dollars an hour at the tables to give me their, their time, their story, uh, for me to then profit off of it. And it was, I was kind of stuck on that for, for a while thinking through it. I was like, why don't we just do it for charity? Um, and once I had that thought, it was a no brainer to do it for, uh, the blackjack hall of fame five one C three. Cause that's something I would think any of us can get behind is to help people that have been negatively impacted by, by gambling. So that's, that's how that came about. And that's what the charity is. And, um, and, uh, how much is the book and how do people get it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's 40 bucks for the book. Um, there's like a collection of bonuses we put together. So three of the stories that didn't make the cut. And, um, we have this video we recorded a while back. It's like 18, uh, of, 18 back off stories. So about half a dozen of, uh, my friends told, told their favorite back off stories on video. And then we're also going to do like a, a print of one of the illustrations. So for an extra 10 bucks, you can get all these bonuses. And that's really just to help us get, get uh, break even with the book a little faster. So it's 50 bucks. If you want all of it, 40 bucks for just the book, it's available on blackjackapprenticeship.com. Uh, it's maybe you guys could put the link in the show notes cause yeah, typing it yeah, out yeah. on someone's phone, blackjackapprenticeship.com slash tales from the felt. It's also our, the store is just store.blackjackapprenticeship.com and it's right there towards the top. Um, and that's the only place we're selling it right now. And really the reason for that is that, you know, if we sell it on Amazon, they take a pretty significant cut and the margins, I don't know if you guys know this, the margins on books are slim, especially I'm sure Anthony Curtis and I could sit down and have a beer and he could tell me everything I did wrong in this process, <laughs> but this is our, this is our first book and I'm sure we've made all sorts of mistakes, but, um, you know, if we sell it on Amazon, um, right now, it's going to be even harder to, to, uh, you know, get in, get into the money for the, for the nonprofit. So we're just selling it on blackjack apprenticeship right now. Well, and that, you know, that's another thing is that we set our uh, bar pretty high. When you do a coffee table book, uh, coffee table books are beautiful and there there's a reason they're not on the shelf. They're on the coffee table, which is that they need to look, look, feel good, you know, everything. And we, we needed to up our game and, and we came out with a really great looking book. So they really need to, everybody really needs to see what this thing looks like. 
Yeah. And I could imagine AP saying 40 bucks, you know, 40 bucks for a book. That's, that's outlandish. And I get it, you know, like I'm as, I'm as cheap as the next AP, but it really came down to like, you know, the number of copies we'd have to sell to uh, get in the money for the nonprofit if, if it were, you know, 30 bucks versus 40. So if people are feeling a little bit of sticker shock, you know, Hey, it's for a good cause. And it's, you know what? It's, it's less than $2 per story. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are now going to take a brief commercial break and then we'll be back talking to Colin Jones and David Drury and uh, about Tales from the Felt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The South Point has more than 10,000 games returning at least 99%. This is more such games than anyone else has. The November promotion is half-price Walmart gift cards. I've been talking about this for a while, and this is going to end on November 30th. I have not seen the December mailer yet as we go to air, but usually in December, South Point has half price almost everything using your points between the end of the National Finals Rodeo, which this year ends on December 10th and December 23rd. If you use your slot club points, you can have earned those points anytime in the past. As long as you have them, you can get uh, half price on things like rooms, meals, gift shop, movies, bowling, New Year's Eve tickets, etc., Now, I don't know for sure that it's going to be the promotion this year, but as a gambling man, I like my chances for being correct on this. By next week's show, I'll know for sure. If you're serious about card counting, the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership is a great way to learn, train, network, and get the resources you need to succeed. We've had quite a few guests on Gambling with an Edge who exclusively trained and got their start through Blackjack Apprenticeship. Check out the website at blackjackapprenticeship.com. They have member forums, training software, and guides to help you learn. They also have the book we're talking about today. So that's blackjackapprenticeship.com, and you will find a link in the show notes. Videopoker.com is the best place to play lots of games. If you sign up for the gold membership, $8.95 a month or $79.95 a year, this allows you to get correction on many of the games. The game of the week is Wheel Poker with Quick Quats. This is a seven coins per line game, which is one extra coin for the wheel and one extra coin for the quick quads. Uh, A quick quad is 
three of a kind and the other two add up to the same rank as the three of a kind, such as three, 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 two ace, or maybe eight, 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 four, four. Uh, the wheel spins average 157 and a half coins, and you get it for every four of a kind and every quick pot. Uh, the double double version, double double bonus version at the South Point returns 99.8%, and it's available for triple play and five play quarters, meaning $5.25 and $8.75. This is a comfortable price range for many players. The strategy may be worked out using the wizardofodds.com video poker strategy calculator, uh, which is the only quick quad strategy calculator I know about where you can input a pay schedule. It's accurate, and it's free, and it's online, which is a, uh, an attractive combination. The, also on videopoker.com, there is a free downloadable, a quick guide to quick quads, uh, written by me and uh, Glenn Richards, and it tells you the basics of quick quads as to um, what it's all about. It doesn't cover this game in particular, but but it gives you the basics, and once you understand the basics, you can figure it out. If you're right. interested... Oh. oh, go ahead. If you're interested in getting an edge at sports betting, then unabated.com is a great resource for you. Founded by frequent Gambling with an Edge guests, Captain Jack and Rufus Peabody, Unabated.com is designed for both new and experienced sports bettors. Their real-time odds screen tools and calculators take a lot of the guesswork out of trying to quantify your edge. There's also plenty of free education and instruction to help you along your journey to becoming a sharper sports better. You can currently take advantage of a seven-day free trial to decide if the premium membership at unabated.com is right for you. All right. So without going line by line through the stories, uh, let's give our listeners a little bit of flavor of what it's about. Now, uh, Johanna had a story about seven Tonys. So I, I thought that was rather interesting. Uh, what's that about, Colin? Yeah, this this is my favorite story in the entire book when when she sent it to us like we legitimately couldn't believe it and i actually showed this story to a few people my brother my father-in-law and they all said do you think she made this up and i was like no i i we all know joanna she wouldn't make this up um but david maybe you could tell how how she even sent you the story ah uh, well maybe maybe i'm i'm missing something but the the yeah the 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 first time I got it. I wasn't sure what was, uh, what was real and what was not real. Um, but it, it's just an incredible story. And, you know, with, with, uh, a group like this, you're going to have already 21 people who have amazing, crazy sort of on the edge of danger sorts of stories, but this one was really over the top. Well, I, what I was getting at is that she, she said, Oh, go ahead, Richard. Well, I was just going to say, I also, um, I mean, the part that's crazy is her behavior uh, to me. Yeah. Like why she would, I mean, it's basically about her going up to a hotel room with these guys who were like mob guys and like why yeah. she would put herself in that position. It just, yeah, it blew my mind. 
And I, I was just yeah, saying well, during the break that um, kind of the, the there are four women in the book and all four of their stories kind of stood out the most to me. Uh, and obviously that that was one of them because, yeah, it was a pretty crazy situation and dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And she she what I was hinting at with David is she called and just left him a long voicemail. Oh, She's yeah. like, well, here's some of my here's some of my you know favorite stories. And one of them was this one. And it was like un- unbelievable that that she basically her her act, her her backstory at the blackjack table resulted in the mob getting on on her side and trying to take care of a problem for her. Um, and then how she got out of it. It's, I mean, that, that was my favorite story, but also, yeah, we've got, um, we've got sassy red and she had a few stories that she sent us, but, but, uh, hers is called the mansplainer. And I imagine it's like very relatable for any female AP RX gamble has, um, you know, kind of the most like, uh, hard to read story of, of, you know, being roughed up by a casino. Um, I can't imagine what that was like very early in, in her career. And then we already mentioned my wife's story, which is kind of her, it was early in my career. She's more on the sidelines, but having to deal with being, uh, the significant other of, of an AP. Yeah. You know, another thing, just besides the kinds of stories that we got, I really wanted to get different voices. So, you know, Sure, people had encounters with security and police, and that's the stuff of the story. But the, these different voices really bring some of the humanity out. I know that for a lot of people who who aren't as familiar with APs, you know, they they might categorize uh, or stereotype or just not know. It's a it's a there's a lot of mystery involved with those of us in the profession, and we keep it that way, right? But this was a chance for some of the humanity to come out and to get some of the some of the sadness, uh, uh, you know, some of the loneliness, uh, some of the, you know, the jubilance and just the personality. Everybody, everybody, not only did they have a different story, they had a different voice uh, in their story. So that was really fun to bring out. Yeah, that, that was one of the fun parts. We didn't want just like 21 stories of, and I placed this gigantic bet and then I split four times, you know, we, we wanted just the full gamut of experiences. And I, I think that uh, people, you know, people delivered even uh, hit a seven, his, his story, it has nothing to do with blackjack, but I think it, it actually, I first saw his story in the form of a very short text message. And it was like, <laughs> you know what? Every advantage player can relate to the emotions he was going through. Uh, just, just, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in his pockets and then struggling for a decision that had to do with pocket change. Oh yeah. Where he couldn't afford the 35 cents for his pizza or whatever. Yeah. 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 Do I break another 10 strap (laughs) for, (laughs) for, for, for this pizza? Um, yeah. So I don't want to spoil it, but, but yeah, the, the, he did, he did a good job, you know, building up to it. Yeah. You know, I, I work with people on telling stories, uh, you know, orally, and uh, I can't tell you how many people <laughs> say things like, oh, well, I don't have any stories. You know, my life is boring. Mm. No, nothing happens to me. And then, uh, you know, but once you start digging with people, everybody has got incredible stories and, and especially 
professional gamblers, which is the whole reason I wrote my book in the first place. I mean, I, I was reading a book of interviews and I was and I thought, oh, my God, gamblers are way more interesting than these people. And um, yeah, that's that's how my book started. Yeah. You know, in in writing, there's uh, an expression that's uh, nothing is boring, which is well observed. And I found it to be true that, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't have a story. But then when I really sit down and, and just enter a moment and to remember the details, it, th- there are so many stories that come to life, which we just kind of put on the shelf as, you know, normal or boring, which if you if you bring the characters to life in the story and the way that the, you know, room smelled and the way that the lights did this and the way that the person knocked over their drink, suddenly things can kind of spring to life. Yeah. So, uh, Richard, I, I actually want to ask you a question. But um, the story you told in this book is basically how you got started. But you also have a, a really interesting story about uh, you and Daryl being in Poland, several stories there, or you and Daryl being in London and Scotland Yard interviewing and stuff like that. So how did you decide which story to tell? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a person who collects stories, so that was a real decision about what story do I tell, and um, I chose this one kind of for um, the reasons that Colin was talking about um, to uh, have an origins an origin story, how I got started, but the main reason that I wanted. Uh, that I selected that story was it, because it was about losing um, and and quitting. You know, it's about starting to learn to count cards and just doing nothing but lose and and saying this sucks and I quit. And um, because I think people need to hear that they need to hear that um, <laughs> you know that it's it's not going to be easy. Uh, so that's why I ended up uh, selecting that. Now, you know, if if there were another book or if I were privy to what all the other stories were going to be, I might choose something different. If, you know, if I knew somebody else was going to have a story about how they got started. And um, so, yeah, I, yeah, it was a decision, but... Um, it actually wasn't that difficult, um, you know, when I was thinking about the book as a whole and what what would be the best kind of story for the book. And David, your story takes place on a riverboat where some suspicious guys are chasing you. And so you get into a foot race on a riverboat where, of course, there's not a whole lot of place to run. Uh, <laughs> that was... Uh, that was like an interesting premise. It's like, oh, okay, good. I want to find out how this, I want to find out what happens here. Sure and enough. So, you know, yeah, uh, it was a, go, a go ahead. function, a function of a certain state, you know, having an arrangement with uh, the police where they could be undercover at casinos, uh, which is, seems odd to me. So I was being chased by, you know, three guys in Hawaiian shirts. Um, and so with all the money on me, I just wanted to get away from whoever's chasing me. Well, come to find out they were police. 
So I don't know why they start chasing people in plain clothes, but it's not it's not an ideal situation. Yeah, you know, and people who haven't been playing a long time don't realize that in the old days, riverboats actually sailed. You had to buy a ticket, get on the boat, and the boat would leave and sail. <laughs> and so you were trapped. And once the boat docked, there was only one way off the boat. Um, so, yeah, things have <laughs> changed right. over the years. Well, I don't know. On the the movie Maverick, um, you you could jump off the edge of the boat. So I <laughs> suppose that's still an option. So they're pretty. At least they're, two ways they're pretty well sealed. I don't think there are even windows, uh, which also turns them into smoke boxes. They are some of the stinkiest casinos on earth. All right. So. Uh, we want to thank both uh, Colin and David for telling us about their book. It is a worthy book. It's a worthy cause. So consider it for getting a Christmas present for yourself or your friends. Oh, At the when, end of our show. Wait, I'm sorry. When yes. will the book, uh, do you think, be ready to ship? Yeah, uh, it's at the printers now. And they said two to three weeks. Um, and so, yeah, it should be shipping when this airs it should be shipping in two weeks so in time for christmas yeah oh yeah absolutely and and like i i I don't know if i mentioned this we we only did a limited number of copies so uh hey act now (laughs) although worse push comes to shove they can print another limited number of copies should there be the demand I don't know if we'll do, I don't know if we'll do another print of, of hardcover. Um, and, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. If there's enough demand, sure. Of course we would. All right. At the end of our show, we have a recommended section where the host and sometimes the guest, um, recommend something to our audience. So, uh, Richard, do you have a recommended for our audience this week? Yeah, my recommended this week is an album called The Gift of the Magi, and it's by Daryl Purpose. It's a collection of uh, holiday songs. It is not a Christmas album uh, that the songs are not songs you have heard before. With one exception, there's there's an instrumental of uh, the first Noel, but... Um, these are non-traditional Christmas songs, but it is a great album and perfect for this time of year. So um, you, know, you can get it wherever you get your music. We'll put a link in the show notes to it. But again, it's uh, called The Gift of the Magi by Daryl Purpose. My recommendation is a series of books. I have read them previously and now am enjoying uh, listening to with earphones while I play, uh, all for the second time. And it's this, it's the author is Harlan Coban, and it's the Myron Bolitar series. Uh, Myron Bolitar is a ex-basketball jock. He's now a sports agent, very wisecracking. Uh, his uh, sports agent business... He, He's helped out by this uh, totally maniacal 
perverted uh, financial advisor and a beautiful ex-female wrestler who's his receptionist. Uh, plus, Bolotar is in his early 30s, still lives with his doting and overbearing Jewish parents. It is funny. Uh, the cases they solve usually involve murder and are somehow related to some sport. Often basketball doesn't have to be. First three are deal breaker, fade away, and drop shot. There are eight more. I'm about book number six on my second read through, and I will make it again through the entire series. So, Colin Jones, do you have a recommended for us? Sure. Uh, I'll give two quick ones. One is Moneyball the Book. Uh, it came out oh. 20 years ago, but but I just read it uh, in the last several months, maybe last three months. And it, I mean, it was so much better. The movie's good. I've seen it a couple of times, but the book is great. If you think like an AP, you're going to love that book. Uh, the other is a nonprofit called Friends of the Children. And it's really interesting. What they do is they uh, pay for mentors for, for the most at-risk kids in a city. And they found that it saves it's basically a seven X return on, on spend when you consider the cost on, uh, on the society. So by basically mentoring at risk kids, it has a huge, uh, impact on, of course, on those kids, uh, on society at large. And so, uh, that's a friend told me about them a couple of years ago and it is the, uh, giving season. So that's a really cool nonprofit. David Drury, do you have a, Recommended or two? Yes. Uh, Swatch Watch. When I was uh, in the 80s, <laughs> I was a teenager, and uh, Swatch Watches were all the rage. And I, I finally got one for my birthday and wore it so much that it turned green, which was a function of the <laughs> Swatch Watches back then. Uh, if you wore them enough, your your body chemicals could, would turn them color weird colors. Well, Time went by, the fad went away, and also wristwatches kind of went away as everybody got uh, cell phones and used that to tell the time. So now I say let's br let's bring back wristwatches um, more as an accessory than as a necessary timepiece. And I went back and looked, and of course, Swatch is still functioning. They're great timepieces, Swiss and all that. Uh, and you can, they have amazing designs and patterns and colors and all these things. So it was fun going back and finding a Swatch watch after all these years. Has it changed color on you? It hasn't changed color. I chose one that was dark. Last time I had one that was light, which would turn green faster. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it the watch changed colors or your arm changed colors. Uh, no, my arm wouldn't change colors, but I'd wear it enough that it, there would be a tan mark, you know, where a tan line where the watch had been. That certainly brings back memories. And I just want to say, uh, Colin, about Moneyball, uh, it's written by Michael Lewis, and he is one of my favorite authors. You cannot go wrong with any of his books. He's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, he also wrote The Big Short. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of them. Great. Yeah. And it's about Billy Bean, who's been in the news recently as he's just he's no longer doing what he did when he's in uh, when he was making the player decisions for the Oakland Athletics. He's been moved up. He's been promoted, uh, which is sometimes means demoted. But uh, hmm. it's it's a great read. 
All right. Thank you, uh, Colin. Thank you, David. And thank you, Richard. Go out and hit lots of royal flushes, everybody. Good day. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite sports social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus